Dear listener, it's a great joy that you choose to join me. This is Adventist All Radio, the voice of hope. Please keep tuned to this station until the end. I'm your presenter, Samuel Mangi. This is a favorite in life program with interesting segments just for you. Paternably having the family segment by Lady Aching. Today, she'll talk about marriage tips from Proverbs. Thereafter, we'll be having the Bible segment by Brother Ian Mosey. Today's topic is about obeying the laws of nature. Before that, here's a song in Beni Sifa by Kurosini Church Choir. You've been blessed with that lovely song. Thank you for staying tuned. Let us now prepare to listen to Lydia Aching. Welcome, Lydia. Listener, welcome to today's Family Life program. Today's topic is marriage tips from Proverbs. Let us pray. Lord, thank you so much for this day and thank you for the marriage message that we're about to share. May it be of help to us. May it help us to live lives that are pleasing before your eyes. I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. The Bible is alive with marriage tips. Any scriptures that can help us with interpersonal relationships can especially be good to help us in our marriages. The principles for living are the principles for loving and living with each other as husband and wife in the best of ways. We will be sharing with you some of the simple principles from the book of Proverbs, praying that they minister to your marriages. We would love for you to share additional thoughts with us that the Lord gives you concerning these principles and how they apply to marriage. May the Lord minister to us all. Please prayerfully consider the following tips for your marriage. 
Proverbs chapter 24 verse 3 to 4 and Proverbs chapter 14 verse 1. By wisdom a house is built and through understanding it is established. Through knowledge its rooms are filled with rare treasure. What kind of house are you building? Are you building up or are you helping to tear down of your spouse's spirit and the atmosphere of your home? It's important to look within and take personal responsibility for your contribution to the atmosphere. The wise woman builds her house, but with her own hands, the foolish one tears house down. And that goes for husbands as well. In 1 Peter chapter 3, it tells husbands, Be considerate as you live with your wives and treat them with respect as the weaker partner and as heirs with you of the gracious gift of life, so that nothing will hinder your prayers. The Lord won't listen to your excuses in trying to say that she doesn't act like the weaker vessel or the reason I act like this is because of the woman you gave me. No, the Lord didn't listen to these types of excuses in the Garden of Eden and he won't accept excuses today for being foolish and unkind no matter what your wife does. But ladies, let's not make it any more difficult on our husbands than we are supposed to. Even if they aren't living as they should, it says in the scriptures, better to live on a corner of the roof than share a house with a quarrelsome wife. Proverbs chapter 21 verse 9. Better to live in a desert than with a quarrelsome and ill-tempered wife. A quarrelsome wife is like a constant dripping on a rainy day. Restraining her is like restraining the wind or grasping oil with the hand. That's found in Proverbs chapter 27 verse 15 through 16. Unfortunately, this is true. Lord, help us not to be quarrelsome as wives or as husbands. Proverbs chapter 17 verse 14. Starting a quarrel is like breaching a dam, so drop the matter before a dispute breaks out. Without wood, a fire goes out. Without gossip, a quarrel dies down. Proverbs chapter 26, verse 20. Talking about every little irritation or piece of gossip only keeps the fires of anger going. Refusing to discuss them cuts the fuel line and makes the fires die out. Does someone like your spouse continually irritate you? Decide not to complain about the person and see if your irritation dies from the lack of fuel. That advice won't work for every irritation, but it will for many. He who loves a quarrel loves sin. He who builds he who loves a quarrel loves sin. He who builds a high gate invites destruction. Proverbs chapter seventeen verse nineteen. Know when to speak the truth in love, as the Bible tells us, because sometimes silence builds a high gate. But also know when to stop the drama by letting a matter alone. Choose your battles wisely. To keep in mind, it is to a man's honor to avoid strife, but every fool is quick to quarrel. Keep in mind, if a man pays back evil for good, evil will never leave his house. Even if your spouse doesn't do what is right, don't stoop down to the same level. There is a saying that says charity begins at home, but so does graciousness. He who covers over an offense promotes love, but whoever repeats the matter separates close friends. That's found in Proverbs chapter 17, verse 9. This proverb is saying that we should be willing to forgive other sins against us. Covering over offenses is necessary to any relationship. It's tempting, especially in an argument, to bring up all the mistakes the other person has ever made. Love, however, keeps its mouth shut, difficult though that may be. Try never to bring anything into an argument that is unrelated to the topic being discussed. As we grow to be like Christ, we will acquire God's ability to forget the confessed sins of the past. Be careful of right fighting. Right fighting is arguing to such a degree that you would much rather prove you are right than to work on and save the relationship. 
There is a way that seems right to a man, but in the end it leads to death. Proverbs chapter 16 verse 25. And sometimes you're being so adamant about proving to your spouse that your way is the right way can cause a death in your relationship. Reckless words pierce like a sword, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. Proverbs chapter 12 verse 18. He who guards his lips guards his life, but he who speaks rashly will come to ruin. Proverbs chapter 13 verse 3. You have not mastered self-control if you do not control what you say. Words can cut and destroy. James recognized this truth when he stated, The tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. You have not mastered self-control if you do not control what you say. Words can cut and destroy. James recognized this truth when he stated, The tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. James chapter 3 verse 5. If you want to be self-controlled, begin with your tongue. Stop and think before you reach or speak. If you can control this small but powerful member, you can control the rest of your body. A man of knowledge uses words with restraint, and a man of understanding is even-tempered. Even a fool is thought-wise if he keeps silent, and discerning if he holds his tongue. When words are many, sin is not absent, but he who holds his tongue is wise. That doesn't mean that you can't say anything at all. But think of words as gifts that we give to each other. Any good thing can be overdone, but it can also be underdone. Ask the Lord to help you to keep wise in the balance of all that you share. A wise man's heart guides his mouth and his lips promote instruction. Pleasant words are a honeycomb, sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. Proverbs chapter 16 verse 23 and 24. We pray that the words of your mouth and the meditations of your heart will be pleasing unto the Lord and bring healing and sweetness to your marriage relationship. May God bless you as you work to make your marriage the best it can be to the glory of God. This material is provided by Marriage Missions International. Until next time, God bless you. I hope that you've enjoyed that family life segment. This is a new life program coming to you from Adventist World Radio, the voice of hope. Do not forget to send your thoughts about this program by writing to the producer, Adventist World Radio, P.O. Box 42276, code 00100, Kenya. Our email address is awrnairobi at ek.adventist.org. Let us now hear from Kurasini Church Choir with the song Pale Kaburini.
again for staying tuned to our station. It is time for the Bible segment. Brother Ian, welcome and bless us with the word. My dear listener, hope you are doing fine. I am a presenter, Ian Muse, and our topic is Obeying the Laws of Nature. Welcome and feel at the feet of Jesus Christ. What know ye not that your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own? For ye are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19 to 20. The Bible gives a simple, concise answer to the question of premature disability in death. Millions would still be alive today had they but heeded the warning of God in Exodus chapter 15, verse 26. If thou wilt diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God, and wilt do that which is right in his his sight, and wilt give ear to his commandments, and keep all his statutes, I will put none of these diseases upon thee, which I have brought upon the Egyptians." For I am the Lord that healeth thee. Why then do we see so much suffering and disease in the world today? The answer is that the majority are violating the laws of their being. Just as surely as the laws of nature operate, so there are laws of our body that are also predictable and certain. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Galatians 6 verse 7 If a person falls from the roof, the law of gravity immediately takes over. Regardless of age, sex, or financial status, that fallen body will hurtle downward to be injured or killed. In the same way, if we violate the laws of our body, we may accept the inevitable consequences of sickness or death. Effect is always preceded by a cause. To those who have seriously studied the counsels of God and the current world health trends, there is no deep misery. Experts are puzzled that cancer has continued its spiral increase. While many diseases have been greatly reduced and some eliminated altogether, cancer has mushroomed. Even with unprecedented funding and research, there have been few significant breakthroughs in curbing the growth of this deadly malignancy. The Apostle Paul wrote, Whether therefore ye eat or drink, or whatsoever ye do, do all to the glory of God. 1 Corinthians 10 verse 31 Isn't that amazing? God is concerned about such small matters as what and how and when we feed our body system. The Bible reveals that God did not fabricate the delicate human machine and then leave it to operate alone. He has never released his ownership of the creative process or of the product itself. These words reveal that the proper care of our body is not only a spiritual obligation but a moral requirement. Even though we have control of our bodies, 
they do not really belong to us. We are only stewards of someone else's property. No man has a right to say, I'll do as I please with my own body and it is my business alone. We can rob God by violating the divine purpose of the body, temple being the dwelling place of the Holy Spirit. Paul refers to both the church and the individual member when he says, Know ye not that ye are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you? If any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy. For the temple of God is holy, which temple ye are. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 16 to 17. This forever settles that a person can be lost for defiling the property of God. But how much does the average individual know about his own body and how to take care of it? Doesn't it seem strange to you that the average parent knows more about the physical needs of the chickens in the pen or a dog in the house than he does about the needs of his own children? The average man knows more about the needs of his autom automobile than he does about the physical needs of his own family. Why is there such an incredible amount of ignorance concerning the way to take care of this sacred body temple? The Bible assures us that the human body is to be cared for preserved and maintained according to the rules laid down in the The trouble is that most Americans simply follow the appetite in matters of eating and drinking. What are the guidelines laid down in the Bible about caring for and feeding the body? God asks the question, Wherefore do ye spend money for that which is not bread, and your labor for that which satisfieth not? Eat ye that which is good. Isaiah chapter 55 verse 2 and how can we tell what is good? Surely not by the taste or the advertising or by colorful labels. Most Americans, following the law of appetite, hastily fill their groceries baskets with the products that have been most loudly touted by the TV hawkers. With no regard to content, they collect everything that appeals to the taste and sight. As little baby birds open their mouths to whatever mama will put in, so the gullible consumers blindly accept the choices of the media marketers. Some have asked why God created the pig if it should not be eaten. The answer to that is self-evident. The pigs, along with buzzards, snakes and hyenas, are great scavengers of the earth's filth and refuse. All creatures serve a purpose, but all are not suitable for assimilation into the human system as food. We may not be able to figure that out in our own wisdom, but the counsels of God have revealed it beyond all doubt or question. Arguments have been advanced that there is better sanitation since God made those Old Testament laws and the pig is now quite fit to be eaten. One is hard put to believe that land or sea animals have become less polluted by this passing of time. Today, there are chemical poisons infecting land, sea and atmosphere to such an alarming degree that constant government directives are being issued. Environmentalists keep us posted hour by hour on the massive accumulation of deadly pesticides, insecticides, and other contaminants in every order of nature. Again, we are faced with the reassuring truth that all of us can add years to our lives by simply obeying the practical, ageless principles laid down by our Creator in the Bible. Rather than feeling cheated or shortchanged, we ought to rejoice that God loves us enough to share with us His secrets of long life and happiness. The Apostle John wrote, Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself even as he is pure, 
1 John chapter 3 verse 2 to 3. My good friend, Christ loves you so much, and for that reason, he has given you commands that are not burdensome, but they make life enjoyable and lead us to the everlasting kingdom. It's my desire that you can faithfully obey this law of liberty. Above all, remember that God loves you so much. Be blessed. Thank you listener for your time. I was your presenter Ian Musa. We are grateful for the time you've accorded us today. Let us meet right here at Adventist World Radio, the voice of hope. Do not forget to send your views, comments, or questions about the program by writing to the producer, Adventist World Radio, P.O. Box 42276-00100, Nairobi, Kenya. Or email us through awrnairobi at ek.adventist.org. I've been your host, friend, presenter, Samuel Mang. Until then, stay safe, stay blessed.